0: Welcome to Mindful Talk, brief conversations about mindfulness in the workplace and at home. I am your host, Lauren Wessinger. And I'm your host, Misty Anderson. And this podcast is brought to you by The Mindful Project. The Mindful Project helps you elevate the culture of your business by bringing mindfulness practice to you and your staff through in-person and virtual learning. Contact us through our website, themindfulproject.co, for more information. Hi, friends. Welcome back to Mindful Talk. Misty and I are here today to talk about road rage and driving mindfully. Hi, Misty. (laughs) Hi, Lauren. Such a hot topic. I
1: bet people are like driving and they're like, what? Is she talking to me?
0: (laughs) Totally. Totally.
1: I, um, I now live in a place where we like have no cars and no driving. So it's hilarious that we're talking about this, but where this topic spurred from is me driving across the United States with my family and the people in my family that I saw, as well as the people on the road that I saw. And I don't think I have to tell you, I mean, I don't think there's anybody listening that would agree that there are some crazy things that happen on our road today.
0: There are, there was, this is kind of sad. I live in Fort Worth, Texas. And just last week um, in our area, right off university, there was a man who was killed at two o'clock in the morning from a little fender bender. And the other driver got out and there was a fight and shot him. And that was Mm -hmm. it. I mean, that is, that is the worst case scenario of road rage, but that is absolutely what happened. It was also two 30 in the morning. I'm sure they were coming home from a bar, you know, I don't know the details, but alcohol of course um, fuels that. If somebody is unfortunately driving while intoxicated um, but we're like driving around in these little cars and there's a sense of separation, which of course you could argue that is the root of all the issues in this whole entire world is the sense of, of, separation from other people. And somehow that happens when we're in a car, people stop becoming people. People become, I don't know what they become, but they're not, they're no longer, um, colleagues. They're no longer part of our community. I don't know what happens when we get in a car. It's very odd. I don't either. We
1: had an incident, an incident when we were in Jersey where I saw two women pull each other out of their cars by their hair And start straight up like just lady fighting in the middle of the street in the broad daylight and someone had cut somebody else off. And I saw my daughters looking at them and I like pulled the girls away because I was like, and I told them, I said, this is not the behavior that's acceptable. They're acting very poorly right now. And my youngest was like, well, why is she mad? And I said, well, here's the thing people drive around in these cars and they're big and they feel very confident about their actions because they were driving this big old rig. And when you're in a hurry or you have it planned or people are screaming in your car or the music's too loud, there's so many things that are fired at you at once that you just snap. And I said, that's what happened to these ladies. And I said, Mommy has yelled at people before and done things that she's not proud of in a car too. And the truth is, is I would never in a million years behave that way without my car, which is crazy. I've definitely like, I would say in the last four years, like I just drive. I'm very like, I don't try to hurry. I'm arrive when I get there, even if it's late, but for years I would just panic mode about being late and weaving in and out of cars and driving ridiculous and how in the world sometimes, cause I've driven really, really large cities and not doing a very good job and not being mindful. And then suddenly just arriving somewhere. <laughs> and now when I get behind the wheel of a car, one, the beauty is where I live. There's not a lot of cell service. So when you drive through the mountains, you are just extremely present. You are there. You can't listen to your radio. You can't listen to your audiobook. The only thing is, you can talk to another person in your car, and that's about it. And, but what I find is, it's just going up this little mountain where more people are in a more mindful way of driving, even though we're going like sometimes 10 miles an hour, people don't honk, people don't freak out, people don't try to pass you for the most part. And I believe it's because those people right here, it is a dangerous spot to drive they're just very present to where they are and they've given themselves the expectation of this is gonna take a while. Like put your patient pants on, you know? And I've tried to that that's the way I look at it now too. Like I'm it's supposed to take an hour to get over to the mountain to Durango, but it could take two it, you know, like they can shut a road down and it's a one way road and then you're stuck. If I look at it from the, from that lens, I do a much better job of mindfully driving and not getting frustrated, Mm -hmm. but I have to set those expectations up for myself. And so as a practice, I would say, if you know that you're a mind, you know, you're, you have road rage, setting yourself and getting grounded before you even get in the car is a big practice for
0: you. Do you remember in driver's ed, how they would say, Car A, you know, wove in and out of traffic and sped 10 miles over the speed limit. Car B drove at the speed limit and didn't, you know, whatever. And the, the comparison is that car A got there like 10 seconds before car B. And so I always think about that. Like the way you're describing you used to drive, you probably didn't get anywhere any faster. You just had a perceived sense that because that that rush was in your body, that you got there quicker, but you really didn't. No. You know, and I notice that when I catch myself driving that way sometimes, I'm like, "What am I doing? like what what am I doing, and where do I have to be so fast? And why am I allowing this sense, the stress response, honestly, and this adrenaline to course through my body for no reason, right? Um, you know when we when we talk about the chronic effects that stress is having on Americans, we have to look at what our triggers are and what are those small points during the day that raise our blood pressure and driving is one of them driving is an easy one to work with too because especially in a city like fort worth you're driving a lot and if you get in your car and every time your blood pressure is rising um that's gonna have total detrimental health effects because it accumulates it doesn't just go away you know so yeah like you said grounding before you get in the car setting the intention to not be that driver anymore um putting on soothing music, you know, putting on no music and just look, you know, being present that way. But, but you have to decide to take back that control for yourself because otherwise I think of it as I'm handing over my body, my health, my mind to all these other drivers unnecessarily half of them don't even know that I'm there. you know what I mean? like we think somebody did something to us they have no idea that we're even there next to them. they did not do anything to us on purpose. We create this whole story in our mind about it. Um, and I think I've mentioned this before, but we start to think that we're not part of all of that somehow. like we're not the traffic <laughs> somehow we're the why is everybody
1: else going so slow? right yeah well, you're going
0: slow too. Why is there so much traffic? Oh, traffic. <laughs> I'm part of the traffic. And there's that separation again. Somehow yep. we're like not part of that, but we are, you know, it's yeah. really funny. We're so funny sometimes. Humans. Right.
1: Well, and it's crazy that we're even sitting here having these conversations as grown adults, you're given a driver's <laughs> license. You take a test. We should be responsible enough to know that before you get in the car, you should say, Hey, don't go Looney Tunes in the car, but then everybody does. And what I find really, Really upsetting is how many people have kids in their car and they behave that way. Number one, it's scary and dangerous. But number two, it's like you're setting your kids up for that acceptable behavior when they're adults. And I mean, I, my kids, yours is starting to drive. So I mean, you're in it. I am like forward looking to that and scared to death because it's twofold i worry about the drivers on the road and my kid as the focused driver and it's like the only thing that i can really i don't want to use the word control but impact is to help my daughter understand how to navigate being a driver and and that it's a mindful practice and for whatever reason myself included, we've all taken advantage of it. And we all just act like it's this privilege and this gift or, you know, not even a privilege, I guess a privilege is what I'm trying to say, and that we can do what we want. And um, it's not. And the sooner we kind of check that ego and kind of look to ourselves about what can we do to make the situation better, you know, I don't think anything will change. And if it doesn't change, then your kid's probably going to start acting like that too, which Mm -hmm. is really scary because I mean, like you said, I'm constantly Barrett, my husband, he definitely is a more reactive driver. And there are many times when I'm with him, I'll just simply like place my hand on the, you know, the top of his back or put my hand on his leg just to kind of get him to realize like, Hey, other people in the car, it's not that big a deal. As long as we all get there and we're alive, two thumbs up, you know, and sometimes you just need that reminder, especially for him. I mean, he's ex-military. He's used to arriving on time. He, he looks at not respect, you know, if someone's late, it's not a respect of their time. And so that's all in his brain fueling him. Plus it's like the kids are freaking out and they're ready to get there. How many more minutes, all of those shenanigans, they fuel into that. But the truth is, and I, I ask him a lot and probably he gets irritated with me, but it always does seem to calm him. I'll say, why are we in a hurry? Mm -hmm. Like, and I don't mean it condescending. I'm asking perhaps he knows something that I don't, but most of the time it's, I don't know, it's just pre-programmed in me to get there and to get there quickly. And I don't know. Um, Again, it's probably an age and, you know, calming down, but I've also seen some really, really bad wrecks and I don't want that to happen to any of us. And it would be really unfortunate to like be going somewhere and be so in the clouds and rushing and not paying attention. And then that's how you die. You know, like, I hope I go some better way than that. I want to be able to be in control of my situation. And that means being a little bit more mindful of, like you said, I'm a part of it. (laughs) And what can I do to help the situation? And most of the time that's not flipping someone off or slamming on your brakes because they're tailgating you or speeding up to like wave at someone's face. Um, We used to even, when I, long, long time ago, we used to have these signs and you bought, they were bought on and they were like a gift, like a gag gift, but you could write on them. But some of them had on, like little sayings on them, like move over grandma. And the turtles got wheels and all kinds of things. And we used to hold those up. And I look back and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so embarrassed. If I passed you and I held one of those signs up, I am so sorry. I was not a very mindful person because I just assumed that everybody else was in a hurry and not everybody else is in a hurry.
0: <laughs> that is hilarious. The signs.
1: <laughs> I, bet
0: you can have... buy them. I think I got them at Cracker Barrel, to be honest. So, I mean, we used to have these little, I can't even say it on the podcast because it was so vulgar. We used to have these little printouts that we would put on people's cars that like parked badly or <laughs> I mean yep, yep. Parking
1: tickets. I gave some of those to Barrett for Christmas one year. Oh my god! And and he totally used them too. And they were not nice. And I'm they're like, not nice. I'm like, why? That's such a bad like. You're automatically making someone feel bad about their driving, which is going to get in their head, which therefore doesn't help the problem with the traffic or whatever's going on around you. It's just silly and it's young and dumb and I'm glad I did it and I know better now. And I can tell my kids not to do it because you don't know why that person's going slow. You don't know why that person's going fast. It's your job to maintain your area around you and be mindful of your situation.
0: It's just such a symptom too, of this country who is like living at fight or flight. I mean, I heard a statistic. This was a statistic that was about a, it's about a year old at this point. So I'm sure it's higher, but 30% of people that had COVID badly um, developed PTSD. I mean, this country is struggling emotionally and and I think this road rage thing is just a symptom of that. I mean, it's a, it's a total symptom of people overwhelmed, overworked, under-resourced. Um, you know, we need things that bring softness into our lives, like restorative yoga and nature and laughter and connection, you know? Um, it's, it's people that are maybe working out only like high intensity workouts and not doing anything to turn the volume down inside. You know, we have to balance out. With softness, and I don't think we are enough. I agree. That's, I don't really listen to anything in my car for that reason. Yeah. I need
1: like a a little bubble, you know, to be able to think and stuff. And I find like when my kids are in the car, we listen to like pop music, like Justin Bieber and stuff like that. And I get into it and I kind of get carried away by the music, which is music is great, but probably not the best place for it to happen because. I'm not really focusing on everything that I should be focusing on and I'm not being very mindful. Um, I definitely have stopped texting while I'm driving Mm -hmm. um, in the last year, which that's sad to say it's only been a year, but hey, you know, old old habits die hard. And, but what I found was my kids would call me out. Like right. mom texted when she drove and I'm like, you can't right. tell them not to do it. And then I know they do it and they can see it. Not to mention, holy cow, is it dangerous? Mm-hmm. Um, and that is a huge mindfulness practice to put your phone down in your car and not yep. look at it till you get to where you're going. I love the people. It used to annoy me, but I love the people that have the auto message from their car that mm-hmm. says, like, so and so's driving. She'll return your text message when she gets there. I'm like you go girl. Yeah, that is, but I also know people that have that text message. Then they turn around and text me and I'm like, you're Uh, supposed (laughs) to be texting via your car. So there's definitely a lot more safety features on the cars these days, which is awesome. Like from a texting perspective, but I find even sometimes when I put people on Bluetooth and I'm talking on the car, it's like I'm lost in another conversation. And then I'm like, Oh, Hey, I'm here. I got to go. And I'm like, when did I get here? Mm-hmm. So bad. Like, that is not mindful at all. And I am the first to call myself out on it, honestly, because it is such bad habits to break that you kind of got to be like, okay, you totally didn't know how you got here. You texted, you talked on the phone, and then in between, you listened to music. It's right. like, that's not your house, you know, it's your car, and you should arrive my grandmother used to say, arrive alive. And that's what you want to do. And so in order to do that, you kind of got to put all those things together. And it's funny, you learn all that stuff what when you're 15 or 16. And then you're just I supposed don't... to remember it all till you're, you know, I don't know, they don't even take people's driver's lessons away anymore. So it's like that one little education you had way back when gets you all the way to like, what, your early thirties. And then you're like, oh, you can die when a car crash. And then you know, it kind of, the, when you have kids, it gets even bigger because then suddenly it's like other people to protect. And now, like as someone, like I said, who lives where there aren't a lot of cars and I'm not commuting anymore. It's so beautiful because when I do get in a car, I am connected to what I'm doing. But that only came from like not being in a car a lot. For 15 years, I was a sales rep and I drove eight hours a day. I sat in traffic. My car was like my hotel room. It had uh, literally changes of clothes and food. And when people are like that, because I know there's a lot of sales reps out there, it becomes really easy to forget that driving is what you're supposed to be doing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. So I, think I use that. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, I use my car time is, as I listen to podcasts in the car. I love it. Um, it's learning. Yeah, totally. It's my time to to listen to audiobooks or podcasts. It's the only time I listen to them. I don't listen to them at home. I don't put in earbuds really airpods at home and do things and multitask that way. So car time is my um is my listening time. And I love it because I'm always alone and I'm actually not doing anything else except driving. So I feel really present to listen to what I'm listening to. Yeah. <laughs> so
1: well, but I mean, I think you can do those two things at once and be. Like doing what you're supposed to be yeah. doing, you know? Yeah. It's the wheels just start to fall off the bus literally when you start to do all of the things. Like, mm. you know, someone asks you for a snack in the back seat, you need to plug your phone in, someone asks for a different radio station, you need to get gas, so you're looking at that, you need to look at your maps. Like, there's so many things we do while we're driving, it's kind of insane. I know, <laughs> I'm talking it about it, and it I'm like, it really oh, is man, it's, it's scary, yeah. And, It's crazy how many people aren't present in their body when they get into that big vehicle. Mm -hmm. So I guess the whole purpose for me and in this discussion is to remind you that we've talked about mindful eating. We've talked about sleeping. We've talked about all these topics. We've never talked about driving and it's as big of a deal as all of that other stuff because you can get great sleep. You can practice yoga, but if you get behind your car and you act like a fool, you're not going to be around to do any more yoga. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like, I mean, this is the call out for myself too. Although I do feel like in the, like I said, in the last year, I've gotten a better handle on, um, what I do in the car and my -hmm. intentions in the car and my attitude in the car. Cause I feel like, I mean, I remember my grandparents telling me years ago, like, if you're really angry, don't get in the car. Like if you're mad about something and you get in a fight with somebody, you know, you storm off, and what do you do? You get in your car and drive away. It's like the worst thing that you can do because you're not in a good headspace. And so just use this as a reminder that, hey, what I'm doing, while it feels like second nature, because to most of it to most of us it does, it's a really big thing, and I actually need to be really present for this activity.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much. Great idea for a topic.
1: Yeah, I feel um like I feel like I'm gonna like really focus on this whenever I do get in the car again, um, which is really good. And so, I hope everybody enjoyed it. I hope if you're listening in the car, you're only listening and driving. <laughs> and as always, we appreciate you guys, and we will talk to you guys next week.
0: Thank you so much for listening to Mindful Talk. We don't take it lightly that you spent your time listening to our podcast, and we are forever grateful. If you'd like to support the podcast, please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a rating and a review. Welcome to a more mindful way of living and working.